Hey, book by book, I'm Richard Buse, delighted to welcome you and to invite you to share in this, the last of our series of studies in the book of Revelation. And we're in Plymouth, in the south of England. I'm joined here by my colleague, Paul Blackham, and then by the special guest who's been with us right through this series, and that is Stephen Nichols. We're very delighted to have had you here all of this time, Stephen. Thank you so much. And as we come to now, study number 10, well, we're in the book of Revelation, chapter 21 and 22. And I'm going to read from 21, verses 1 to 4. John writes, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them, and every tear from their eyes he will wipe away. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Oh my, let's think about this for a moment or two. We've gone through from the beginning, the seven churches, you remember, the throne room of God Almighty, Jesus the Lamb who unravels the secrets of history, the seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven bowls of wrath we did. Then, of course, we had the demise of our opponents and the power of evil, and finally the demise of Satan himself. And then the rider on the white horse riding with us all the way through. Now as we come to the new heaven and the new earth, you see, we meet again the person of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And as we look at the new heaven and the new earth, I'm asking really, Paul, is this a totally new heaven and new earth? Or is it better to call it a renewed heaven and earth? Mm -hmm. And why no more sea? I know. What's all that? The wonderful things. Because in a way, sometimes people think, well, all this whole world, it's all just going to be destroyed in the end, so it doesn't matter. You go, oh, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not the biblical vision. It's like, if we notice That's in verse... very helpful. It's important, isn't it? It's the old order of things in verse 4. Very important. So in a, I like to think of it like God made all this, the heavens and the earth, and said it was very good. He didn't want it. He didn't want to throw it away. And of course, Jesus is born. He becomes one of us. And in the resurrection, he comes out. And it's the same body that was crucified is the same body that walks out of the tomb on resurrection morning. But it's a transformed body, an immortal body. And what happened to Jesus in the cross and the resurrection is going to happen to the whole creation. It's all going to put on this resurrection future. That's so important. With the sea, you think... Why doesn't he like the sea? I like the seaside and here we are at Plymouth. What's wrong with the sea? Well, it's again symbolism that we've been looking at all the way through. And in the Bible, the sea is sort of symbolic of unruly and chaos. And tempestuous. The tempestuous and the nations wrestling and fighting and unruly. And you get all those incidences where in the Bible, the Lord shows he has the power to, to still the storm and calm the sea. All that is saying that in that new creation future, there won't be the wars between the nation. There will be no chaos and disorder. All will be ordered and life and beauty. Wow. And so the, the whole city, yeah, go on. No, the whole creation, I was saying, Romans 8, is, is groaning, waiting oh. for the sons of God to be revealed, waiting for our resurrection day, yes. because then it too will be resurrected and renewed and dragged through death and come into that perfect new life of the new Glory. creation. It's, it, wow. is, it is glorious. And then 
this the city of God coming down from heaven. Actually, you know, is it a city or a bride coming down from heaven? And why is heaven coming down to earth? Mm. Well, if we look down at chapter 21, verses 9 and 10, one of the angels says to John, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the Spirit to a great mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming yeah. down. So it's, yeah. the, it's this woman again who is a city. Yeah. As we've seen Babylon and the harlot. So we've also seen Jerusalem and the bride, the bride of Christ, uh, God's people, um, uh, the bride uh, for the bridegroom. And we've taken back to the very beginning of the Bible, to Genesis chapter 2, where the Lord made everything and it was good. But the one thing that was not good was for the man to be alone. And he said, I will make a helper yeah. for the man. Well, that's talking about Christ and the church and the helper. Mm. The bride is, is the church of Christ. So we see a reuniting of heaven and earth here, separated by sin in Genesis chapter 3. Heaven and earth reunited. We also see uh, the new Jerusalem coming down. Mm. Well, well, as Paul has said, down, because home is here. Our hope is not to be whisked away from this earth. Uh, and not deliverance from this earth. It's the wicked who are taken away. Yeah. It's the righteous who inherit the earth. So we have a physical future where God himself moves house. In chapter 21, verse 3, now the dwelling of God is with men. He comes down and almost moves home to be with us. Th it's not quite than us having to go far away in, into <laughs> some ethereal distance. That's right. He's coming to us. Wow. That's right. For a physical future together. Mm. Wonderful. It is wonderful. There's a solemn bit here, of course. Mm. Verse 8. And actually, as I look on at verse 27, not everybody, it seems, will be in the new uh, creation glory. Uh, or even, again, 22 verse 15. Again, mm. is a solemn little sentence to look at. But if we, well, if we look at these verses, aren't we all going to be shut out because there's sin in us all? I know, because some of the things, it's the, the cowardly, the unbelieving, the violent. You think... Well, I'm guilty of these things. Yeah. Is there no hope? Can't I want to be in that new crew? When Stephen's like describing, oh, I want to be in that. But I'm guilty of these things. Is there no hope for me? But all the way through the book of Revelation, worthy is the lamb who was slain, who bought people, bought all of, all of us. In a way, the cross of Christ, hasn't it? The cross, right at the beginning, we learn the cross of Christ is at the center of history in the universe. It's the case, the case at the end and into the future. The reason anyone can be part of that new creation future is the cross of Christ washed in his blood. Just this last night we were singing when the family I was staying with were putting their children to bed. They sang the, the would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. I want to be free from my burden of sin. There's power in the blood of the know, Lamb. When they sing that in Northern Ireland or in Africa, the roof comes off. <laughs> well, it didn't quite come off in the home. Say, well, we tried. <laughs> we say, but that's the wonderful thing, isn't it? What can get us into that new creation future? The power of the blood of Jesus. Yes, yes. So actually, we we do not have to be shut out. No, not at all. No one needs to be no, shut out. No one. No one. No one. And. Chapter 21, verse well, 9 onwards. Tell us, Stephen, from your own understanding of this, about the great garden city. It's why measured and, and founded on the figure 12, and why this great cube, and 
Why no temple? Why no created light? Why, why, why? We're taken back again to, to the number 12. We see it throughout the description of this city, don't we? 12 gates, 12 angels at the gates, and on the gates, the names of the 12 tribes, a wall with 12 foundations, 12,000 stadia cubed, 144 cubits thick as the wall, 12 gates are 12 pearls, and so on. It's the number of the church, the 12 apostles, the 12 tribes. We've seen it back in chapter 7 of Revelation. Yeah. And the cube... Well, throughout Revelation, we've also seen the language of the temple or the tabernacle. And there was... Right back in the Old Testament. Right back in the Old Testament. We started with Jesus, the great high priest in Revelation chapter 1. Well, there is a cube in the tabernacle. It's the most holy place, that room that represented the throne room of God the Father. So when the cube, the heavenly temple comes down, it's... Heaven is coming down to earth. That's <laughs> thrilling. That's Isn't thrilling. It great? There's no need for lights. There's no need for a sun or moon to shine because as in the creation, uh, light shone into the darkness before there was sun, moon or stars. Yeah. Um, so Jesus himself is the light. Wow. That's, that's extremely exciting. I hope uh, our viewers are excited with us. <laughs> I mean, the new creation, she's going to center on this garden city. Mm. Um, with its tree and its river, and there's obviously something very special about this tree and river, isn't there? Oh, well, there is. It's funny. It's like we're back at the beginning of the Bible, isn't it? Where it was like in the Garden of Eden, and there was this water of life that flowed out from God and, 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 and gave life to the whole creation. And this tree of life that gives us, in a way, again, that symbolic sense, the water of life, the tree of life, if we think about scripture, that sounds like Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Jesus is like the tree of life, the water of life. Jesus says this living water by which he means the Holy Spirit. And it's that way in which, like, yeah, in the garden, when we sinned, we're shut out from life and death comes. Then no death. And we've, we're sharing in the life of God and that water of life uh, oh, bubbles up within us. And of course, this tree, the healing of the nations, again in, in Genesis, there's that way in which Tower of Babel, the nations set against each other, tree of life. In his presence, when the Lord God comes and lives with us, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, all the nations will somehow be bound together. Oh, I, I, I so look forward to the time where all the diversity and richness of the nations of the world, but all to, also as one around the Lord Jesus Christ. And, wow. uh, and also, when you think of the garden there in, in Genesis, right at the beginning, then you think of the garden city at the end. I love the completion of the Bible. Oh, yeah. Moses is, you know, who is the originator behind Genesis. You're shaking hands with John. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so the two covers of the Bible are meeting each other yeah, in a completed that. whole. It's a wonderful <laughs> thing to come to the end of the Bible and find it's complete oh. with this a, a wonderful, wonderful spectacle that we're given and this impression of uh, one book and one great testimony for us. So that the book, the Bible, ends with this clear message, chapter 22, verse, what, 7 onwards? Jesus coming soon. Why is this the vital message for the church and for the world to hear right now? Well, for the world, as we've seen through Revelation, justice will be done. Jesus, the Son of Man, has blazing eyes. Nothing is hidden from his sight and it will all be laid bare. And one day, justice will be done for his church. For the church, it's a message of hope. Justice will be done. And the bridegroom is coming for the bride. Uh, so we think of uh, Ephesians chapter 1, where... Uh, 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 the Lord says that he's given his spirit as a deposit for his church. Mm. 
Mm. Uh, and the word is used, Arabonus, the word is used of an engagement ring. Wow. And so it's no wonder that here at the end of the Bible, it's the spirit and the bride who are looking forward to the great wedding day when the bridegroom comes, when we're united with him. And we do live with him forever, happily ever after. We should wow. always be with him. I, I, it's been wonderful to share in this study series. Um, and then thinking about how it's personal to us. See, it's personal to me. When we had that Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, the words of Jesus further back, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into them and will stay with them forever. Well, I made that my verse that night when I was in my teens. And I asked Christ to come into my life. And I took it on the basis of Revelation 3.20. I bet that's somebody else's verse here. Or if it isn't your verse yet, what about making it your verse? If anyone hears my voice, that could mean, well, put your name in there. Put your name in there at the close of this series of studies on Revelation and believe that, as Wesley was once able to say, if Christ is with us, he says, then the best is yet to be. That's what he put it. And you can say as well, if you've begun with Christ, well, we could say to you, tomorrow, tomorrow belongs to you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. And before too long, I bet there will be another study in some book or other, in book by book. Let's have a brief prayer before we now end off. Lord Jesus Christ, we sense that we have been riding with you right through this series of studies in the great book of Revelation. We thank you that you are prominent all the way through. Speak to us again and again, we pray, through what we have been sharing together. Bless your servant who is our guest, Stephen Nichols, and also his family, may be watched over and blessed in all of their future and in all of their ministry. We thank you for this opportunity of being together. In Jesus' holy name we all pray. Amen. 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 There'll be another time, another time coming.